I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's going on, everyone? We are here with episode number 63 of the T-Row and Funky Show, brought to you, as always, by Defense Soap, Defend What You Have Built, and Dalmer Mats. Tell me what's going on tonight. Nothing much, man. I'm in my hotel room in Kansas City. I'm traveling on business. So sorry I'm not on my fancy Skype speaker, but uh, a lot to talk about. Excited to excited to share conference weekend with you, my man. Yeah, it, it was a good one. So I will be honest. I didn't get to watch anything in live time. I was, uh, well, I guess about five matches. We opened our third academy this weekend in Green Bay. Um, so Congratulations, a, sir. Yeah, thank you. It, it was a lot of fun. It was really successful. We had a party on Saturday, and then we had free camps to kind of bring people in the door all day Sunday. So we were... We caught a few of the finals during one of the breaks in the camps um, because, you know, it was like, four, I think I caught 149 or 141 to maybe about 184, and then I had to get back to work. Um, right. But I, I did catch up on a lot of the matches today. Man, it looked like a fun Big Ten. The Soriano thing threw a wrench and everything. Um, Ohio State wrestled their butts off. Uh, I mean, man, it just looked like it looked like the whole weekend was fun. It looked like it would have been a great tournament to attend, which obviously you attended part of it, um, and a lot of great things for us to talk about, and then speculation to go into nationals with. Yeah, I mean, it was it was such a good weekend, and I'm just speaking about the Big Ten tournament. There's so much to talk about. I, I honestly don't even know where to start, man. It was it was awesome. Let me just start by saying I drove. I woke up at 6 a.m. on Saturday. Took my oldest son. Woke him up. He was really excited he's been youtube and wrestling videos for months so he really wanted to go watch the buckeyes he's only seven he had a great time i picked up my dad and his friend the four of us drove right to bloomington and sat and watched wrestling for 12 hours it was awesome and um good atmosphere the big 10 tournament atmosphere you know i i think you could argue depending on how much of a zealot wrestling fan you are that the big 10 tournament is more fun than the nationals uh, just, um, just stop. It, it, just it, stop. It, 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 well, Come well, on, I'm man. Saying, <laughs> I'm if it weren't for if it weren't for what's on the line, I, I think that there's an element of the Big Ten tournament that's more fun to watch. You're crazy. But since since what's at you stake are such, is so you significant, are such a national. homer. No, I'm not, dude. I'm, I've watched on, I've man. watched both the Big Ten and the NCAs as an unbiased third party. And I, they're not in the same ballpark. Oh, they're in the same ballpark. For you, they're in the same ballpark. It's just, it's just, it's just, it, it's they're in the same ballpark. I mean, would I rather watch the Nationals? Of course, but the Big Ten is is an incredible prelude. It's it's a great event. It's a it's great a good, event. I don't the argue na- with anything you say there, except that it is equal to Nationals. That's that's wild. It's not equal. I guess I'm trying to <laughs> over, over overstating my point, but anyways, 
It's a great event. I've Yo, always you liked are going Anybody to NCAAs, that... correct? What'd you say? You are going to NCAAs? I am not going into stuff. What? NCAAs. That's the other thing. That's the other thing I liked about the Big Ten is you can go to it and uh, not take vacation time from your real job. So that was nice. Yeah, but the NCAAs is the single greatest wrestling tournament on planet Earth. I always tell people I've been to every tournament. Name a tournament I've been there. Um, and I don't think, you know, even the Olympics, Tommy, it was in a small venue. Them suckers in the stands didn't really know much about wrestling. Uh, they weren't that into it. There wasn't a team aspect to it. Um, and obviously the, the level there is higher. But uh, for as far as a spectator is concerned, I don't think anything touches the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but but I'm, I guess what I was saying is Big Ten tournament is right up there. But, yeah, the NCAA is just takes the cake for a lot of reasons. Hey, by the way, I wanted to tell you, I saw David Taylor's dad at the NCAAs. Yeah. He, he obviously he obviously liked our interview with David. He also liked, likes our show, generally speaking. Nice. But one question that I wanted to ask David, but we couldn't get to it all because David had such good long answers, Yeah, is I wanted to ask him, you know, when you got you and – you and um, David, which I agreed with everything that you guys were saying, but it was more like a Ben David conversation when I was talking <laughs> about how scrambling. How scrambling is more of an extension of wrestling as opposed to you know kind of guys flopping around. And the point I tried to make but didn't get the chance to talk that much is I think that that what you guys said is absolutely true, but I think most of the wrestling community does not differentiate between what you would deem as an extension of wrestling and sloppy desperate scrambling i sure. think that it's a blurred line for a lot of people well i mean um, it's all based on you know it, it's it's a lot of it's just based on because you got to be so deep into it to understand the nuances of all those scrambles and that's why it, to me you know when guys are actually good at that um a lot of people are kind of bored by that because they don't really fully understand what's going on but like when guys get in a really deep scramble i mean you know like and it was even a stupid one yesterday but mark hall and bo jordan in the finals they were in what I call outside ankle position, where they kind of both had each other's outside ankles, right? Uh huh. And there was just like such little tiny movement nuance, and the whole time I was like, "Oh, he's gonna get him! Oh, he's gonna get him! Oh, he's gonna get him!" And you know, it was like fascinating for me to watch, and I love that. Whereas most people, they can't, they don't understand the nuances of the situation, so maybe it's not as intriguing to them. Um, but yeah, right. I think I think it's definitely. Um, for a, uh, you know, you really got to know wrestling at a higher level to uh, to understand that. Right, I agree. And so, what was interesting is the question I wanted to ask David that I did ask Mr. Taylor. Is I said, "Hey, Mr. Taylor, one thing I never got to ask David that I wanted to was, you know, David's such so good down underneath when he's down on the ankles, down on a high cross, down on a swing single. Yep. He's just good at finishing and wrestling low." And what you know, even though he loves to just let it rip and just let it let it fly and be free and wrestle, you know, I feel like with David's style, that's got to be harder to do in freestyle, or at least have that same mindset: go down underneath, low ankles, high crotches, swing singles, and still have that like, you know, what I'm just going to come bring it and just do the you know wrestle with an extension of wrestling mindset in freestyle. And I wanted to ask David, like, did, was that hard? as he transitioned, what his dad told me, which was interesting, is that David did freestyle before he ever did folk style. That's interesting. And I, you know, I'll tell yeah. you from my perspective, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I scrambled a lot until I got to college, and that was where I really figured out what I needed to do. 
Um, uh-huh. But my my freestyle style and my folk style style were way different. I mean, especially you know, I don't you remember when we were growing up and you were a few years older than me. Well, but you had the forced parterres. So my you know mine was a lot of high singles, push forward, press the press the action, force them to go underneath me where you can hit all your dumps and front headlocks. Or if they don't, then they get called for passivity. Then they go down, and I, and I was strong on top. So. You know, I right. would say my, my folk style style and my freestyle style were two completely different things. And then, you know, once I got into college, I, I got so deep into the the folk style that um, it did, once I got done with college, it did take me a little bit to kind of um, not learn how to wrestle freestyle again, but learn how to optimally wrestle freestyle again. Because right. you can't, I mean, to your point, I don't think you can go underneath with as much reckless abandon in freestyle because they're just... Yes, I, I, that's exactly right. I think I think David, if he was on the show, he would say that he it, it was a little bit of a... Kind of like what you're saying. is like It wasn't like he didn't know what he was doing. It just it took some tweaking. I think that kind of coming into his own, learning what attacks really hold true in freestyle that he already knew, and then what attacks eh, you might want to reconsider how and when you do that specific well, skill in freestyle. Yeah, I mean, and you know, another one that is a guy is the exact same thing is Logan Steber because he was just so underneath people, right? And when he started his freestyle, he gave yep. up a lot of points from that. And I, I remember telling him, I talked to him, I was in the stands, um, I believe he was in Madison at the World Team Trials, and uh, I said, man, you're, you're going to get it. I can see how close you are. I know you're going to get it. It's just going to take you a year or so. Um, and, I, and I think, obviously, he couldn't make the team at 143, but he did win a world title at 134. Um, man, they just, there's just some subtle differences that you have to make um, that, that make all the difference. And, you know, it took me a while. I was losing, Tommy, I was losing to the same guys for like a year straight. And, you know, I, I was down at five and six um, in the U.S. And then all of a sudden it just clicked and then no one could beat me anymore in the U.S. Um, right, and that's right. you know, it took me about a year to to kind of get it rolling. I'm with you, man. I mean, you so, were just good the whole time, though. Uh, I was good, never great. So that I guess I guess I can say that you about you my only made what career. three world teams. I only made one. What? I won the I won. Uh, yeah, I only made one. I won the open twice. I was an Olympic alternate twice. World team alternate. Once or twice, I've only made the team once. I got fifth the year I went. So, in, in 05. It was fun. No, 07. Yeah. Wow, I thought you made the yeah. team more times, Tommy. Yeah, well, heavyweight was kind of tough. I mean, I did well overseas. Every time I went overseas, I didn't do like a Travelta Lagnev thing where I medaled every time I went overseas. But it was, you know, along those lines. A lot of American heavyweights have done that, though. But sure. So, hey. So where do we even start with this Big Ten tournament? Because uh, I, I've got let's go, all, let's go I've about got the team race. Let's go about the team I've race. I've got all the juice, man. I watched it religiously, which usually you're the guy that watches something religiously, and I'm kind of kind of playing catch up to to what you saw. But I, I got all the juice. So let, let's talk teams. about we'll the team race. Teams. Yeah. Well, I, when you talk about the team race from a fifty thousand foot view, you, it's it starts with Nick Seriano and. Let me just start by saying I got there just in time. I walked in, sat down. I had been in my seat for 30 seconds, and I watched Nick Suriano walk out to the mat to do his default. And let me tell you something. And you called this, Ben. You said this at the, uh, after the Oklahoma State match, that he was really, really hurt. And I think a lot of people 
drank the kale Kool-Aid and you felt like, you know, yeah, <laughs> listen, when you're, when you're, when you're a wrestler in the big 10 and, and you, you're a part of a great program, you've got 13 other programs with great coaches and great athletes on that gym floor. And when you limp out onto the mat and accept the default, and that's the only thing you can do to cover up your injury is is a limp. You can't yeah. you can't even cover up the fact that you're that hurt in front <laughs> of all these guys in front of all these guys that would happily rip your leg off in yeah. the first round of the nationals. When you have to limp out to take your default two weeks after your injury, let me tell you something: you are injured bad. Yeah, and um, and 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 that dude couldn't even take his default without limping. He, he was walking off the mat in the limp. So I feel terrible for the kid. Um, he seems like a great kid. He's in the hunt for the national title. But when I saw that, I was like, wow, he really is, like, seriously hurt. So, you know, that obviously, the second I saw that, before even Ohio State, you know, obviously wrestled good, we'll get into that. But the second I saw that, I was even thinking about two weeks from now, I'm like, this opens things up, man. This is going to be a wild Huge. NCAA tournament. Wild. wild and then obviously it, it it started so 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 from there from there you know it was a great weekend I, quite honestly ben i don't think penn state wrestled bad i really don't i mean um i would you know i wouldn't say it was their best performance but you, you know i i think the only one that you could say wrestled like dog crap was jimmy gillibon right that's fair that's that's true that's, that's fair that is fair that's fair i didn't even think of that um, he had a bad weekend, and then yes, did Bo Nickel lose to a guy that he has beaten more than he's lost to? Yeah, but it was a defending national champion who's beaten him before. Yep. Did did Mark Hall did the, did Mark Hall lose a match he could have could have should have won? Yeah, of course he did, but it was Bo Jordan. Everyone, you know. So yeah. other than that, like who did who did Penn State lose to? And then you are right though, Ben. Jimmy Gulabon had a very bad weekend. How, how did someone that, that good get pinned? He got pinned. Um, let me let me look at this. So I, I don't want to I don't want to misstate what I'm going to say right now. So he gets pinned by Javier Gasca. He's the he's the two seed. Gasca's the seven. He gets pinned right. in the third period against Gasca. Then he gets pinned. He gets decked in 46 seconds by De- Ryan Deal of Maryland, who's nine and five on the season. And then he gets decked in a minute and 11 seconds by Cole Martin of Wisconsin, who's 21 and 15. It's like. I mean, what? Ha- I mean, is that was that just like something mentally broken him, and he's done now? Or I mean, holy crap! It was right? bizarre to watch. It was, it was bizarre to watch. By the same token, Jimmy Gulabon's had a very inconsistent career, so but pin, bizarre pin it was, three I, times in one in one well, folk I think, style I think you're right about the pin. What 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 you're what I didn't know. Two of them the in the first period. Pinned. Two of them in the first period. Yeah, it's bad. It's a bad weekend, to say the least. I mean, I can't remember. The so, anyway, so you got Sir, you got you got Suriano that was out, and and the Buckeyes, you know, they wrestled great. They had a great a great weekend, and uh, they beat a team that I thought wrestled pretty darn good, and it was pretty much down to the wire. And the Buckeyes stepped up. I think everybody who follows wrestling really closely intuitively knew not that Ohio State would beat Penn State. I don't think anybody thought that. I didn't think that, but I think everybody knows Ohio State's a better tournament team than they are dual teams. So. They're kind of they're kind of in their element, and they stepped up on top of being in their element. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I, I would say for sure. I would say across the board, you had 
really good performances. I don't think anyone from Ohio State underperformed. Um, you know, when when you look at it, especially uh, Jose Martinez, he took seventh, but he's been really Rodriguez. Oh yeah, Rodriguez, my bad. <laughs> he's been really sketchy <laughs> this second half of the season. Um, and you know, with how he wrestled at Wisconsin or how he wrestled, uh, who was the guy bucket by the Illinois kid? Um, I could have seen him go and tune barbecue, and that wouldn't have been shocking to me at all, right? Right, um, right. So he didn't have a bad day, uh, or a bad weekend, I should say. Um, obviously, Tomasello had a good weekend. Um, Pletcher, solid weekend. Micah Jordan had the win over Sorensen. Solid weekend. Jake Ryan, eh, maybe not so much. 65, we knew what was a weak spot. 74, 84, 97, heavy. They, they wrestled their butts off, so... Man, um, right. very good performances, and almost to the point, Tommy. Where with with a few of them, Colin Moore being the main one, I think you say, well, he's maybe not who I thought he was. It wasn't just he's who I thought he was, and he had a good day. He might be a lot better than I thought he was. I mean, he, right. he, you know, right. he kind of put it on. I, I don't know. I don't put it on. Maybe it's too extreme. But he went out there and scored a crap ton of points against the the, the clear number two guy in the country. Yeah, and and you you know this more than me, Ben. But does that does does that win put Colin Moore in the driver's seat for the two seed? Um, I mean, I think the only thing he needs to worry about is being on the two or the three on the opposite side of Cox. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that assures that he's not the four, wouldn't you say? I, I mean, you you would think right. He only has. Um, Three losses so on the season. Yeah, if, he, if he's if he's one and two versus far, but he's got the most recent win, does that give him the nod in your opinion? I, I would say, yeah, I would say he's got three losses. Far has got two losses. They both lost to Jaden Cox, and then they lost to each other. So, I mean, I I think they're the clear two three. Um, Hot was ranked above him, but man, I I don't think you would put Hot over both of them now. So I think Hot stays at right. four. I think they go at two and three. Um, and, and like to your point, I think a lot of people thought Colin Moore would be productive this year, but I mean, this is, this is a guy now we're looking at saying, "Wow, he could be in the NCAA finals next weekend, right?" Or I'm sorry, two weeks from now. Um, Correct. So Correct. that was a kind of a game changer. Jimmy Gillibon, I think a lot of people were thinking, "Hey, man, he's having a really good season." And so now you're looking at there's a, you know he's probably going to be unseated. Um, or a very low seed at best, and you're thinking, well, Penn State might not get any points out of 25, 33, or 41, right? Isn't that, I mean, yeah, that's probably what you're thinking. That Suriano, that Suriano thing is a dagger. That is a dagger. Yeah, he ain't. He's I not going. He's going to try to wrestle at NCAs, but it's not going to look very pretty. I I think that's what's going to happen. I, I I it is sad to see. I mean, of course. maybe I'm wrong, but just the, well, Tommy, just you had it happen to yourself in the damn national semi, yeah, so. Uh, that's right. It was terrible, and you so the tenderness—the tenderness that he walked on his—is uh, it ankle or knee? I don't know what it was, but like you could just tell, man, he is freaking hurt. Yeah, he is hurt. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, well, well, you know, like you said, a lot of people were drinking that kale Kool Aid, um, but when you saw him pull up the way he pulled up, Tommy, and we we both been competing for a lot of years, and he he literally at that Oklahoma State match could not put weight on his foot. Um, right. You're thinking he's a sissy, or he's really hurt. And Nick Soriano is not a sissy. Correct. So Correct. You, you're right. By default, he's really freaking hurt. 
Right, exactly. That's exactly right. It's one of two things. Um, so I, I don't think I don't. Th- I mean, I would be shocked if he gets any points in NCAs. I just can't see it. it. Like you said, he didn't even he couldn't even walk out to the freaking center of the mat. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, it was a good, it was a good tournament. Um, so let's go. I, let's I go. Um, I, so obviously, you would say. I think you would say that. Nickel slightly underperformed, and Neville slightly underperformed. I mean, because I think going into the tournament, you would probably Nickel was the number one. A lot of people were thinking he was going to win, and a lot of people thought Neville's could beat Medbury. Um, so, not that those guys are terrible, but um, they well, did one thing I'll say, even though even though even though I don't think Penn State underperformed, I think what you're saying, what I what I do agree with is there's not a single match that they won where I'm like, man, they really stepped up or, you know, like there was not, you know, everything that they should have done, they kind of did and anything that was a 50, 50, they kind of lost. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I agree. Totally. Um, and, and so if, while we're talking about the team perspective, I think the other thing that gets interesting in here, and you know, we're going to almost talk exclusively about the, the big 10 stuff is how damn good, Oklahoma State look. They put ten in the finals. Tommy, they went like I think it was like twenty eight and two or something at the freaking Big Twelve. Crazy as a team. I mean, it's crazy. That's so. That's saying, Tommy, if the the other nine teams in the in the Big Twelve put an all star team together, Oklahoma State beats them like twenty four <laughs> to six. You know, like that's, that's an interesting context to the whole thing for that's, sure. That's mind blowing, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is. It is. So they looked fantastic, and you know they didn't have amazingly tough opposition, but there were some other good guys that they wrestled in the finals. Um, right, and so they're they're hot, right? They're really hot going into NCAs, um, and so I think you know I said it was a two team race. I'm gonna I'm gonna say oh I think Ohio State's back in the race. I wish I could say Missouri was back in the race. Who Missouri did set a MAC record uh, for scoring points. Um, right. I, I think it is a three-team race. I think I think it's Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, it was a month. It was a month ago. It was a month ago. I was proclaiming it a two-team race, and I think at the time it was one. And, yeah. Um, and, and so, big, are we saying I was out? We're saying that, right? I think they're out. I think they're, they're out. out. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're out. Um, so yeah, I think it's a three-team race, and uh, Ohio State's back in it. Penn State has digressed. Uh, by a small margin, but at this level, a small margin, you know, it's, yeah. it's a big deal. Well, so, so you, you know, if you're looking at Penn State, I mean, so we're talking about they might not score the first three weight classes, um, and Oklahoma State has the potential to score in score in ten, right? So if if McIntosh, right. if Matt, uh, McIntosh, if um, oh my God, McCutcheon, if McCutcheon doesn't score big points, right? And then if they have someone right. else like a Vincenzo or a Noel, um, Vincenzo or Nevels, you know, if they end up in the fifth through eighth, they're not scoring huge points, right? So then you got, right. then it's really down to, I mean, you're really, what you're really down to is um, Noel, Rutherford, Hall, and Nickel to score all your points. Right. I think Nevels, I think, I like, I like Nevels watching him wrestle. I thought, I, I think he's going to be top four. You think top four? I mean, where, I, think I think he's top four. Yeah. Well, I think I obviously. So you got you got Medbury Schneider, right? And then you got Casper's um, been good. Walls has been good. So 
you know, I could, I guess, I could see him losing to both of those guys. I could see him beating both of those guys for sure, um, and right. third. But I could also see him losing to both those guys. And you know, I, in Austin Schaefer, um, I have a hard time seeing Nick Nevels losing to him. So I, I, I guess maybe when I said um, all the way down to eighth, maybe maybe that is a stretch. Uh, NCAs is crazy. Right. Crazy stuff happens. That's my favorite. My literally my favorite part of NCAs, Tommy, is every year when you look at the brackets and you're like, I know, I absolutely, without a doubt, know there's going to be a bunch of very high seeds going down the first round, and you're like, who is it going to be? And you but look, you can never pinpoint. You it. can never pinpoint it. You look through the brackets, you're like, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. Yeah. And but you know it's you know it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, right? Right. But it's it like is. It as, is. as educated you as, as you are, and as much as you know it's gonna happen, you look at match you by can't match, find it. and you're like, that ain't gonna happen, right? It's so it's bizarre. Amazing. It's so, amazing. So what do we do now? Go through the weight class? Let's the go, yeah, let's go, why not? Um, so I, I watched most semifinals and finals. I, I, I can speak on most of those. Um, 25 was, I'll start with 25. 25 was disappointing to me because I think what we all wanted to see was the Lizak-Gilman rematch. And, and Connor Utsi comes back and with seven matches under his belt, upsets Lizak, doesn't give us the final. We get Gilman and, and Lambert, and that just, I don't know, wasn't very exciting to me. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty blasé weight class compared to the others we're going to talk about. But one thing I did want to say, do you do you know the story about Connor Utsi? This year, no, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a rumor, but the rumor in the stands was that he graduated as an undergrad last May and had had another year of eligibility left this year, but just chose not to wrestle and went to grad school at Michigan. And really? then he called up the coaches, and then he called up the coaches in January and said, "Yeah, I'll wrestle." And yeah, I think he, that, that was probably started, a planned move. Like he, like I ain't training October through December. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't even know. I don't even know if that's true, but that's what people were telling me in the stands. I'm like, yeah, exactly right. That's what I told my dad. I was like, he's just a smart guy. Didn't want to go through his freaking sixth preseason of his career or whatever. Yeah, and that was what it is, right there. Said I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy the holidays and then come out. Yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a veteran maneuver right there, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, Gilman was Gilman was dominant. No, not much drama. Not much to report on there. Um, good tournament I mean, for Gilman. The match and, we wanted to see there was Gilman Soriano, but we didn't get to see it. No, did not, did not. So, uh, thirty-three. This is the weight class right here, man. Let's hear what you got because this weight class is awesome. Awesome! It was an awesome weight class all the way around. Good wrestling. There was a lot of good matches within the tournament at that weight class. Yeah, I mean, top I mean, to bottom, it's I, stacked. I, I, I'll tell you, and I don't even know if Michik came back and got third. I didn't follow that. I believe did he, he did. Get third let, me, let me make sure. Yes, he did. He pinned. Uh, he pinned Zane Richards in overtime, and he beat Montoya eight to seven. Go ahead. This guy, this guy, Michik. I've, I've, I'm out of the loop on him. I've, I've known his name for years. Never watched him wrestle yeah. until this weekend. That guy is good. Yeah, and he is fun to, and he is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um. He's so good. I was I was telling the people I was with. I'm like, man. I mean, I know Tomasello just beat Michik, but is that how you say it, Michik or Michik? I, I think it's Michik, know, but I could be wrong for sure. I know Tomasello beat him, but after he beat him, I'm like, gosh, I hope 
Mitchick's on the other side. I mean, that's how good I think he is. He's good. I mean, he is and he's, really and he's, good. He's fun to watch too. He's got like a like the sixth sense almost with his instincts and everything. He's yeah. really fun to watch. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, and he kick, man, he kicks Zane Richards' butt in in the in the quarters. And and the other, I mean, right. the, even the quarters were stacked here, Tommy. Um, and then yep. the key upset Montoya in that bottom quarter. I didn't get to see that match. I was following it on track. And I was like, "Come on, is this re- is McKee really?" Because McKee was a stud in high school, but he's nineteen and seventeen this year. Right. And then right. he goes and upsets Montoya. I was like, "What is going on?" Right. Exactly. It was good stuff. I mean, in the semis, you had uh, Mid. I mean, we talked about Mitchick Tomasello. That 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 was a barn burner. I mean, that was t- Mitchick. Mitchick is right there. I mean, he's neck and neck with Tomasello. Dude, I mean, Tomasello won. Basically, the only thing that separated Tomasello from Mitchick in that match was Tomasello, to me, is a little bit more battle-tested, familiar with type matches, match-on-the-line type stuff. But, I mean, skill for skill, like, the whole match was even. It was even the whole time. It wasn't, it wasn't, actually, it wasn't even like the Corey Clark match, which I personally feel like, even though it was a very tight match, Tomasello, to me, out-wrestled. Uh, Corey Clark by a, a, a considerable amount. Well, I don't feel I don't feel that way about the Mitchick match. I feel like it was dead even the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I definitely get that. Okay, so let let me run you down run you down this and was all going to nationals. So one was Tom Masello, two was Clark, three was Mitchick, four was Richards, five was Montoya. So those five are five of the top seven in the country. Uh, according to Flo's rankings, um, Seth Gross and Kate Brock being number two and three. So Gross beat Brock, um, and Brock beat Clark, and Clark took second. So I, I would say, I would venture to guess the rankings stay as it's, which is Tomasello, Gross, Brock, Clark, Mitchich, Montoya, Richards, which would mean Mitchich and Clark wrestle in the quarters. That would be a great match. I mean, that would be a great match, and I'll, and I'll take Mitchick. I, I mean, I'm going to take Mitchick over every Big Ten guy besides Tomasello. I haven't yeah. watched enough of Gross. And well, Brock I don't believe he's wrestled comment. Corey Clark this year, has he? Yeah, but I, I yeah, I don't know that. But even still, I got to watch Clark. I got to watch Mitchick on the, you know, on the same mat at the same time. Not the same mat, but the same gym floor. And yeah, I, he was he was just that impressive to me. And um, I mean, seeing him against the rest of the field, it's. Him and Tomasello were freaking even, man. I yeah. mean, it was a. I, I could see fight. him beating Clark like that. I mean, that wouldn't shock me. You know, he, he has great leg attacks. He finishes strong and clean. Um, he's he's solid on bottom. Uh, I you know I don't think he's a person that Corey Clark's going to ride and turn or anything. So uh, you know, if that happened, that that definitely would not blow my mind. Um, and if the rankings hold, that means Tomasello versus Clark or Mitchich in the quarters. Absolutely. Hey, uh, the Tomasello Clark match. Give me your thoughts, or did you get to watch it? I did. Yeah. Um, give me your thoughts. I just, uh, I, I guess Clark did score off the one leg attack, um, but I just think NATO's got too much offense, and Clark doesn't have enough. I mean, I think if they wrestled ten times, I want to say it's eight Tomasello to to Clark. I just. I don't think Clark. I agree. Is gonna, I think Clark could Clark beat him. 
Yes. Is he going to beat him on a consistent basis? In my opinion, definitely not. That's exact. I completely agree with everything you said. The only thing I'll say that I've never really seen out of NATO, and I know why. Did you notice that Nate got juiced? Was it, is it me he took steroids? What are you talking about? No, he got a little tired at the end of the match. Oh, yeah, got tired. Uh-huh. Do you call it getting juiced? Yeah, you get a little juiced. I, that's an Ohio term, I think. I thought, I, so if, if, where I'm from, if you say they get juiced, that means they got on the steroids. Well, that's, that's, that's also a term for juiced. It's like, you know, you can, you can, uh, you know, you can, you can breathe in air and you can be an heir to the throne. I mean, they, they both mean two different things. <laughs> now, now you're getting <laughs> metaphysical on us, Tommy. Anyways, um, he got juiced a little bit, but I think it's because he, he, he freaking wrestled hard, man. Yeah. Wow. He wrestled. Sure. I mean, he was, he was all over that guy. But um, that was a good match. I thought it was. I thought it was solid. Good match. We should have. We should have saved this bracket for the last because I think pretty much everything else is going to be a letdown compared to that. Um, there's some good ones. There's some good. Ones. Okay, forty-one story of the day. Jimmy Gilbon gets decked three times. <laughs> we talked about that. Ashnault kills Javier Gasca in the finals. Um, I don't know. I'm not getting too excited about this bracket. What do you What do you want to say? Yeah. About it? It was probably the least exciting uh, weight class in the Big Ten. But that's not because Anthony Ashnault's not a stud. I thought he wrestled great. He's, he's tough, man. Let me look how many Big Ten guys are, are in the top ten on the Flow Wrestling rankings. Wow. Anthony Ashnault is the – oh, wait. That is bizarre. So on Flow – Flow's got a – it's got a – misprint here it says it says number eight bryce meredith number 11 colton mccrystal but he's listed right after eight number nine jay nyerman number 10 so i believe he's 11 so that would mean that there's only one so in the last week class we had five in the top 10 five in the top seven this week class only has one in the top 10 yeah not surprised all right next not surprised from what i saw yeah next uh on my so i did another podcast tommy with the mma one with joe warren and sean wheelock and Sean Wheelock always he's the one he always comes up with the topics and what we're going to talk about. You know, it's very much more organized than ours, where we just hop on here and bullshit the whole time. Right. But he'll try to force us to talk about these bullcrap topics sometimes. <laughs> and and he like now he laughs, but I think in the beginning I annoyed because when he tried to talk about a topic I didn't care about, I would just sit there and be quiet. And then he's like, "What? You, you don't have an opinion?" I'm like, "Next, I don't want to talk about this." <laughs> Great, I love it. All right, one forty nine, Rutherford, all day long. I mean, here here's the thing, and I love Bo Jordan. I'm a Buckeye. No, Micah. Um, Micah Jordan. He wrestled great against Sorensen. Yeah, that, that was good, any- right? He beat Sorensen. Yeah, listen, Rutherford's going to beat anybody in the weight class, but for some reason. Because of Micah Jordan's style, what he's not good at, Bottom. Rutherford is great at. So, like, he, like other guys can lose to Rutherford by, like, four or five that Micah could beat. You know what I mean? It's just, but stylistically, it's just a, it's a horrible, horrible mismatch. Yeah, I mean, that that's 100% because Sorensen pushed, <laughs> pushed Rutherford to OT. Micah beats him. Hey, let me get this straight. Micah didn't choose bottom on Sorensen. He did not. He chose neutral. So he. Well, he uh, why? I mean, Sorensen is. Man. But all Sorensen does is stall on top. All you have to do is get up to your feet. And you get stall calls. Well, 
All I you have to do is you. get on your feet. That's it. He's not gonna. I agree he's not gonna you. turn you. He's not gonna you. tilt you. He's not gonna throw Listen, the legs in. In in a, in a in a vacuum, I agree with you. But when you put some gravity to the situation, uh, re, when reality enters, and you realize that Mick Jordan has, in my opinion, pretty unique deficiency on bottom, and he got <laughs> written out by the guy to <laughs> that when was he, such when a he got written, way he, to put it. Yeah, and he got written out by the guy in the dual meet to lose, and he's up sure. two to one going to okay. the third. It's his choice. No, and no, no. Yes, to your point. Wait, I thought he, I thought he chose neutral in the second and then got the takedown. Am I, am I confused? No, no. Sorensen. Now, now you're psyching me out here. But what I think happened was Sorensen chose the bottom. Okay. And, he gets and then Mick oh, took okay. him down at the end and wrote him out to end the period. Sure, so he's sure, sure. going into the third. He's up two to one. He chose neutral. Yes. Yeah, you're, so you're, you're was, right. You're right. And, 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 and then to your point, to your point, Sorensen can't ride very well. But you know what? He's even worse at is getting a takedown. Um, when 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 you know he doesn't have very many scoring holds in my opinion. So I thought it was a smart choice given the circumstances. But in a perfect world, I would love to see see him take down, get out in 20 seconds and build his lead. That's what most people would, I would do. But, you know, it was, it was the right choice. Sure. I guess in that case, it was definitely the right choice. Um, and so I think... And then the Zane train. I mean, it was just it was crazy. Good. It's pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. I think this makes seating for... Uh, actually, I want... I'm sorry. I got, I got ADHD. I got off track. Someone on the Wisconsin Wrestling Forum was uh, was like... They put the topic post was... If it's zero zero, you always choose down. And then it was like fifteen posts of these guys patting each other on the back. Is that you? Right. Phone, sorry. Fifteen guys patting each other on the back of why that is the correct thing to do, and all these reasons why it's the correct thing to do. And I just got on there and said, like, why are you guys making such a complex decision? So simple. If this is your rule, you're doing it wrong. Because I could name right. ten cases in which the score is zero zero, and you should defer or choose neutral. Right, I mean Correct. the most the most obvious one is anytime my kid's good on top, I'm deferring and just hoping the other kid chooses bottom and doesn't realize how good the kid is on top. Correct. Right. So Correct. I thought it was hilarious because they were all and then and then I think they all just they, they just went on with their days and continued to disagree with me. That's the most obvious one. Now, now I will tell you one thing though. Yeah. And this is we're kind of going into the, we're kind of going into the youth wrestling discussion, but. Before um, I started sending my son to a tournament or two this year, I was like, I'll never have my son choose neutral as a kid. Oh, a kid's wrestling, gotta... Tommy, you'd never choose down, ever. So, so. Never. So I got to get, I got to, I completely agree. I could not agree more. But um, <laughs> it's just, I could not agree more, but I'm going to kind of call myself out here. So, so my son's wrestled a few tournaments this year, and one of his matches, he was getting half Nelson by this kid like crazy. Yeah. And um, this kid was just whipping him. And it got to his point in the choice in the third period. And I let him choose neutral. Mm-hmm. And um, Ben, I mean, when it, when when he walked off the mat, it was like five minutes after. I just felt like a freaking scumbag. <laughs> just, a, just, just, an, just an idiot. And, and I told myself, I was like, that'll, that'll, that I'm sure that will never happen again, and uh, it, it's just it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right with with a kid. It's like 
screw winning the match. No, but here, here's gonna, the thing. Here's the thing, Tommy. Let me because I had this. Obviously, I came from the college wrestling. You got to shoot down. You got to get better there, right? Um, but what you realize, even like Tommy, I mean, we have kid, a kid just won. I have a kid who just won state as a freshman, right? And go say three years back when he was a sixth grader, he was winning everything still, right? And we had a few kids that were like really high level, but they always struggle on bottom. And right, and and then so if you go even younger than that, like fourth grade and younger, they, you know what bottom really takes is it takes a lot of hand strength and a lot of core strength, right? And right. hip, shoulders, core, and little kids don't have hip, shoulders, and core. And so, really, coaching wise, we spend all of our time on our feet because top is so easy. Top, the kids are weak on bottom. You chop them, you get a wrist. They're screwed. They're down there, right? <laughs> they just can't get up. Right. And so, man, I would say. There's very few kids that I have that I choose bottom on a consistent basis with that are, say, sixth grade and younger. It, right. They're just so weak. The kid, I mean, and this is across the board. Kid, I know that, but I just want I just want my son sure. mentally to just be like, you take down, and it's like, well, but you're putting him at well, such a, But you're putting him at such a competitive disadvantage. And I agree. At, I, I agree with that. I, I don't. I agree. And, and you're going to make them think they suck when they don't really suck. They just everybody's bad about them. Yeah, but I just think it's also like this. Let's not put too much pressure on the situation. You're freaking eight, and it's just a tournament. And this is a this is a position in wrestling that you need to familiarize yourself with. And you yeah. can't get it in your mind. You can't get it in your mind that if the guy has a good half Nelson or if he throws boots, that you can just take neutral and avoid the situation. Because my son is in fact good on his feet. It's like no, you you go down and you get out. That's that's what you do, and you'll you'll eventually you'll figure out. And to your point, you know, I, I guess I'm agreeing with you, but I just think I'm just going to put them down every time. Don't don't you won't. I mean, you'll do it maybe for unless your kid is freakishly strong or something. You'll probably put him down for another few tournaments and then decide that it's a terrible idea. And uh, so when do you start? When do you start focusing on bottom? Then well, we, I mean, we, we work point, it in practice, right? You work it in practice. And you work it in practice. But the bottom line is that they're just bad at it. Like I said, till they get that core strength, you know, once they get 6th, 7th, 8th grade, they're getting better. It doesn't mean you don't work it in practice, right? You work it in practice. But when you're in a match, because like I said, one of the things is um, you can know as a coach that this is a long-term play, right? But if they're in 3rd grade, right. that's a long-term play till 7th grade. That's, that's freaking 5 years, right? And well, so you're making, if you're they, making me feel better, dude. If they, you're if they, me feel better, but I don't know that I agree with you. You, you have, well, I, I've been doing this for six years now, so I think you, you, you're obliged to. But the thing is, they're going to lose significantly more matches than they would have rather if you choose neutral or, or something else. Hell, some of these kids, Tommy, because the other kids are so bad on bottom, I let them choose top because there's absolutely no risk to losing the match when they choose top. And so, because they win more often, they enjoy it more, they have more confidence, they have a higher value of themselves, because I don't care what you say, um, an eight or nine-year-old can't see five years down the road that choosing bottom and getting their face smashed in is going to help them. Well, that's a good point. So That's a good um, point. But obviously, you work your ass off in practice, right? You Don't work- you think there's something to be said for, though, like if they've been choosing neutral for five years, when they get to be 13, No, it's like, it's like, well, I, I, I should have my option here. It's like, no, dude, it's freaking four to two, and if you get one here, you put the match out of reach, you're going down. 
Um, I, I and, think and they don't, they don't, they don't identify grade, with that as much. Well, but they, but they're going. I mean, obviously, if they want to be good, they'll, they'll listen to. You, if they want to be good, they're going to listen to your reasoning and your strategy, right? And so you, right. you talk through that with them. They're they're gonna, they're smart kids. They're going to get it. Um, and you know, just, you can just see that physicality. Um, it just change. It really changes the game once they get they get stronger. Well, I like what you're saying. That's why I like having this podcast with you. It's fun. Yeah, it is. Um, we should continue that conversation. Let's move on to the Big Tens. Forget um, the Big Tens. My kid ain't choosing bottom when he's seven years old. <laughs> All right. right. Let's right. talk about Nolf who can choose whatever position he wants because he's the best in the freaking business. He's. You think he was better than Rutherford this weekend? Um, I, I think his competition was slightly more stiff. Um, I think, I think Kemmerer, I think Micah Jordan just doesn't have what it takes to be competitive with Zane for whether it's a mental block, whether it's cause he's not that good on bottom, um, or, or whatever you want to say. Um, the Kemmerer can, can make a competitive match against Nolf. And so, um, David said he was 50, 50, man, but I, I don't know, Tommy, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about this in my head a lot. I can't see Zane beating Nolf. I just can't do it. I think Nolf is. Uh, I think he's bigger. I think he's more athletic. I think he's more dynamic. Um, I can't see Rutherford getting him tired, and I can't see Rutherford riding him. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it, the only thing I think I, the only thing I think Rutherford I think Rutherford's stronger than Nolf, even at forty nine fifty seven. No, you know, straight up, I think he's stronger. Strong. Yeah. yeah, but so I, think, pick, I, other I think other than that, yeah, I think I think. Nolf's a stud, man. And what I like is that he got that he got taken down at least once this weekend if I uh, short from Minnesota. I think he got taken down one or two other times too. But it just doesn't even matter because Does he's such matter? a point scorer. It's just when he gets taken down, it's like so my son was in these seven and he's like, Oh, Dad, he's he's losing. I'm like, Yeah, but watch how he just doesn't even care, Tommy. He just keeps wrestling. Like the dude is just like, Whatever, I'm I'm coming. Um Yeah. Great scrambles, great you know, great, uh, just he's extension of wrestling. You know, it's not it's not really yeah. a scrambling. So, so this thing that you and David were talking about, which in fact he's I just in the not, freaking matrix. Yeah, he's he's the matrix. <laughs> All right, that's I mean, he was an animal. Yeah, he dominated Kemmerer. I mean, that was Kemmerer. I mean, he keeps it. I mean, for Nolf, right? He keeps it relatively close. Yeah, but there's. I agree, but there's just really there's just no question on who's. I mean, you. I would say if you wrestle that match ten times, Nolf wins ten times. Like that's how dominant yes. it was. Yes, I agree, hundred percent. I think you're. I think you're right on there. So, um, okay, um, and so I, I. The other one, the other highly anticipated match that I was really looking forward to was Berger Kemmer again, and Brian Murphy spoiled our party, so that that was pretty disappointing to me. Right. 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 And then Berger actually beat him in the third place match. So if Berger had beat him on the other side, we would got to see Kemmerer versus Berger. That was that was interesting to me. Honestly, Tommy, I think I think that opens up um I think Joey Lavalley out of Mizzou can can get the three seed. Um I believe he only has two one or two losses this year. And then the one kid he lost to he missed weight at AEIWA, so that loss doesn't really count. Right? Does it not count? No, I mean, like, no. The, the person's not in the field. They kind of, like, discount it. So that's... um. Really? 
Yeah, it was. Uh, wow, did they already pull them out? Of, they already pulled them out of the rankings. These must be updated. Oh, these are updated today. That these updated. Um, so yeah, it was uh, Jordan Cutler from Lehigh missed weight. So Lavalley's the number two looking to wrestle Kemmer. I'm sorry, Lavalley's the number three. So he'll have. It looks like probably maybe Joe Smith or Russell Parsons in the in the quarters. That's a good spot for him. Um, yeah, he can wrestle tough with Kemmer. I, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Joe Smith's gonna make a comeback. Right, right. Possibly. Um, all right, sixty-five. I think this is probably. Man, we. I thought this was gonna be a short episode today, but we need to. We need to get hustling to get this under the hour. We do. All, all right. right, real quick. Imar. Before we go to Imar, did you watch Isaac Jordan Massa? Uh yes. I thought it was Bizarre. terrible officiating at the end. You thought? I. I, I agree. Terrible officiating. Um, just and terrible I, and I, officiating. I love it when stalling gets called, but I thought that was a bullshit call. I thought both of them were bullshit, but when you put them together, given the circumstances, <laughs> like you know, you're just <laughs> double whammy. You're, 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 yeah, it's like it's like that was double bad. It's like geez. So you know, and and that didn't that, that all that did was it didn't it it, it uh, didn't allow the match to get put into overtime. Um, I'm not saying that Massa would have lost, but it was just wrong. I, I just don't agree with it at all. Yeah, I, I don't really know what the ref was thinking either. That match should have went to overtime. Um, and then I, Massa started celebrating like a like a madman. And I'm like, man, how can you celebrate that that bullcrap stall call? Like you should you should almost be embarrassed to win that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't you feel like I it? Agree. Oh yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I couldn't believe it. All right, um, um, and then Imar Imar was very impressive, very you know dominant in his way. Super just athletic. so good, and, and well, I guess this happened in '84 too. But he's just so good from those underhooks. He put um, Mass on his back. I mean, pretty much right away, um, he threw Joseph out of there. Uh, he has some freakish. He has some freakish strength. You know, yeah. even though he's really good in the even though he's good in the underhook bend, he's even more. Scary strength slash dominant in the over under, which is a very similar position, but not the same. When he gets in that over under, and what he does is he puts his head to the right side yeah. instead of the left side because he's a lefty underhook. So I think the, the over under with a lefty is like double uncoordinated for the opponent. You think and so? these guys just look. Yeah, I do. I think. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, huh. those left leg leads. Yeah, I know how I feel about them. Yeah, I know. He's a lefty underhook, which is tough as it is. Then when he gets into over-under and sags his head to the right side instead of the left side, I just, and he's just got that goofy strength. When he gets over-unders with these guys, that's where he's generating a lot of his offense, and then they end yeah. up backing out, which they end up backing out of the over-under, which puts him in his lefty underhook that he's known for. But yeah. I think that over-under is what freaks people out the most. Sure. That's a, that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't see a lot of guys that are so good from the upper body. It would almost be interesting to see how he would do in Greco because, you know, obviously there would be a, a transition period there that he would have to make because it, it is different. But he's just so good in those positions. Yeah, he's got that freaky Greco hip hydraulic type strength. Yeah, I told you I wrestle, I've wrestled, of all the people I've ever wrestled, I've only felt one other guy that was as explosively strong as him. As far as just getting me off the mat, you know, and it was that uh, right. 
Uh, what was that little Indian midget's name that I wrestled? I ga- I ga- I gassed him out and pinned him. But this dude was like freakishly strong. Uh, right. He ended up taking third in the world one time. I gassed him out at the, at the Hargo Bend in um, Vancouver. Uh, but I wrestled with uh, Isaiah in practice. He came he came up here one time and uh, wow, yeah, f- yeah, like he's, said, freaky he's doing underneath. I mean, he's freaky for sure. All right, Vincenzo beats Isaac Jordan. Man, Jordan drops all the way down to fourth place. That that's kind of uh, it's got to be depressing for him because he started the season ring yeah. one, right? Plus, I think it's going to put him on the other side with uh, Imar. Yeah, let's see. Flo has it. Let's see. Flo has it. One Isaiah, two Logan, three Vincenzo, four Isaac, five Daniel Lewis. I could see Daniel Lewis getting seated above Joseph and Jordan, but behind Massa um, and Martinez. Because now, I believe Daniel Lewis has only two losses on the season, and Isaac Jordan has four. Huh. I guess I don't know how this could. I, I didn't study it enough to know exactly how it's going <laughs> But I could see it changing a little bit. All right, 74. We're short time. we got to hustle. Yeah, I mean, should we just go right to the finals or is there some other matches? Yeah, this is a about? great weight class. Um, it, that is, is the Miles Ana, Anime kid or Anime. Uh, Amine, he, he impresses me. Um, and and Brunts have wrestled. Hall a lot tougher than I expected him to. Um, yeah. But your boy Bojo comes up big in the finals. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was kind of a sloppy match for both guys, quite honestly, in my opinion. It just, like, the stakes and who it was that was wrestling um, made it awesome, and it was a great, great match, a lot of fun, very exciting. But I thought both guys did some things in that match that they definitely need to fix going into nationals. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I could agree. With, I, you know, I, I thought there was moments, especially like in that outside am, outside angle scramble, um, where they both could have finished the scramble and scored easier than they did. Um, right. So yeah, I could definitely see. Uh, I could definitely see um, them making some improvements. I think, uh, you know, it's just nice. Think about the stakes, though. I mean, this basically had had um, Mark Hall won that match instead of Bojo. Ohio State still would have won the Big Ten by one. But you got to think of the pressure cooker that that would have put um, Colin Moore and Kyle Snyder under. Not really Kyle Snyder is going to win anyway, but it just would have been a lot more interesting. And so, well, I didn't. I thought there. Bo- I, I really didn't think Colin Moore was going to win. I didn't either. <laughs> but I did. But but I did think I did think Miles Martin was going to win, and we'll get into that. But um, you know, uh, Bojo pulled it out. It was awesome. I mean, I, I'm a Buckeye, so that was I was I was ecstatic. I was jumping up and down in my family room. Sure. So let's see, well, let's was... see where that drops the seating for. Obviously, Zahid's going to be number one because he he's undefeated. Um, so Flo says Zahid, Real Budo, Jordan Hall, Epperly, Price, Crutchmer, and Amine. I can buy. I that. agree with those first four. I don't know. I don't know anything after that, but I agree with those yeah. first four in that order. Yeah, sounds good because Real Budo just beat Jordan. Yeah, I think that sounds good to me, man. That, that Hall Valencia semifinal. Woo! That's gonna be on fire. Yeah, I know. And those get the way that those guys wrestle. That's gonna be a more wide open match probably than any other match in that weight class. 
That's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I'm great. so excited for Tommy. Francie is Tommy. I can't believe you're not going to be there. We could do we could do post-day recaps. Uh, I got an Airbnb down there that I'm staying at. You can come over. Yeah, dude. We can do that. That'd be great. No, you're not going to be there. Well, I can call you. I'm going to be well, calling. You, you can call me, I guess. It'd be more fun if you yeah. come over and we could do like a – we did a live one one time out of the 63 episodes we've done. Um, I know when it was in the dead of summer. <laughs> ha. Uh, all right, one ninety seven. I'm sorry, one eighty four. Which is probably the not the to me one thirty three was the most exciting, but this is probably the best weight class. Is that fair? Well, just the most. Yeah, I don't know if it's the best. I think thirty three might be the best, but well, let's see. Let's see how many we got top guys they have ranked. I mean, there's three NCAA finalists in this. Well, class, the thing, right? yeah, but the thing, of, yeah, they're, they're, I agree. But the, the thing about this weight class is that it's it's likely that the national champion won't come from the Big Ten. And sure. So it's kind of underwhelming. You know what but I mean? But they do. Okay, so they got the two, the three, the four, the five, the seven, and the ten in this weight class. Yep. So, That's I mean, where do you want to start? Um, I guess, you know, you were saying that Martin could beat Nickel and Martin beat Nickel uh, from a body lock right. position. I think, you know, we're, we were seeing, I guess, I think we're kind of seeing maybe – um, almost a resurgence of these body lock positions because, and, and I'll take guilt for this, we don't train these positions a huge amount because getting to legs and attacking is so much more efficient, right? Um, right. But then when when people get to such a high I think, level, you know, any... You know, Mymar definitely did good in the body lock, but when I watched that match, um, you know what? It, what it said to me more than the other five matches they've wrestled against each other prior to that is that when both of those guys are wrestling their best, in my opinion, there isn't any doubt on who would win. What are you, are you saying, Nickel win or Mymar? Mymar. When they're both wow, wrestling. Wow, that's best. a bold statement, Tommy. I think when they're both wrestling their best, to wow, me, there's there's bold. there's. Listen, there's just, uh, to me, you know, what I saw was, you know, a guy that wrestled to his potential and another guy that wrestles the way he always wrestles, and that's what you got. The thing that Mymar has going against him, and I was hoping to not have to talk about this, I was hoping to have to, I was hoping to gloat a little bit more, because I thought he was going to whip Sam Brooks. Yeah. Um, but I, he did, he I, got I whipped. I would have also picked that. Um, Mymar is inconsistent, and so... If he wrestles to the best of his ability, is too much of a uncertainty at this point to to, to really give him a stamp of like, you know, Kyle Snyder ish. You know, he's just not there. But when he wrestles his best, this guy is a freak, man. And I've always felt that way about him. And um, he showed that against Bo Nickel. I think the right guy won that match. I mean, it was he out wrestled him in darn near every position. Um. But what we—it's it, interesting though, because you saw—I see some holes in Nichols wrestling. Saw it in the semis. I see it in a lot of his wins too. Um, what was most compelling to me was the way Nickel had to wrestle the last forty seconds because he was losing to Mymar. You can see the limitations that he has in his style yep. in 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 forcing positions and trying to get outcomes to turn out the way that he needs them. He's a reactionary guy. I mean, he's he's upright yep. in his stance. On his heels. So when you're upright in your stance and you're on your heels, you're basically saying, I really would prefer not to shoot. I'd rather have <laughs> you shoot on me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so 
So th- that's that's his deficiencies. Now, I think Kale knows that. Kale's one of the, probably arguably the most offensive wrestler in collegiate wrestling history, right? So no, Taylor. I think he knows that he gets that, but that's his that's his shortcoming and and Miles Martin I think exploits that probably more than anybody has in college wrestling um, to this point against Nickel. Miles Martin though just can't string together five good matches. He's only done it once and he won the national championship. So that's his that's his knock to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Makes uh, you. I mean, it's not the first time you said that, and I agree with you. Still, um, okay. I, I was surprised that gotcha. Sam Brooks kicked Miles Martin's butt so bad. Well, that was another resurgence. Of, you know, speaking to the resurgence of the body lock, body I mean, lock. Yep, you know what I mean. Bad. So, um, and then obviously you had uh, Martin over Dudley in the quarters, Nickel over Dudley in the that third was dominant. place match. That was- yeah, I mean that was that was dominant. Did you see that like um, like quasi crazy like goofy Iranian grab the head flurry that Nickel had against Dudley in the third place match? I did not. I did not. I was watching the final, so I did not get to watch. I didn't watch the match. So the highlight is on Track Wrestling's Twitter. Track Wrestling's Twitter, um, they they put together these fifteen second clips mm-hmm. of all the big matches of like highlights. It is a freaking awesome thing. I sh- my son loves it because he gets to watch, you know, highlights. And anyways, I saw it on that thing, and you gotta you gotta scroll through that track wrestling Twitter account. Okay. Check out that highlight. It's impressive. It's really impressive. Um, I, I will do that. Okay, let's go. We got we got we're, we're over the hour mark, Tommy. So we're we're in Jeez. overtime. All right, we talked about ninety seven. Let's hit heavyweight. I think the only question for you is, it. I predicted nine four for the final. It was eight five. Um, did you? But I thought Medbury was pretty damn competitive with Snyder. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it, it, it looked like I thought it would look. I mean, I, I think you wrestle that match ten times, Snyder wins ten times, but Medbury is so big and solid and hard to move that he's Kyle's not going to be able, able to open up a can on him ever, yeah, in my opinion. That's true. I mean, Medbury but, is impressive. Yeah, but I, I just don't see how, you know, Medbury finds a way to win that match. Yeah, I, I uh, well, that's, that is not a bold statement. You're, you're, my mark better than, than, uh, Nickel was a bold statement, though. Well, I just, I, I'm just saying if they're both wrestling their best. Now, sure. that's the big, the, the big thing is, you know, Bo Nickel's wrestling his best probably 19 times out of his, out of 20. Myanmar wrestles his best five out of ten, you know, half of the time. So I, I realize where Mymar lacks, but I'm saying if they're both at their best, there's not any doubt in my mind on who's better. Yeah. Well, fair enough, Tommy. Let's call it a wrap. We'll be back with uh, an NCAA preview show. Uh, when do the damn brackets come out? Tomorrow or Wednesday? Allegedly, they come out Wednesday. Wednesday. So let's uh, let's hit it on Sunday. Let's hit a, a NCAA preview show. We might have Rob Archer on to discuss the shenanigans that were happening in West Virginia. Um, and until then, I guess I will talk to you later. Sounds good, brother. All right, see you, bud. See you, man.